Thank you for downloading Tube Flash Tales, original flash fiction inspired by London Underground and vintage and contemporary brooches. If you want to find out more, visit the Tube Flash website, but not before you've listened to this set of Tube Flash Tales. Lift out of order. Westminster. Countdown by Lucy Dunneen The thing she had, the syndrome, was like nothing the best minds in medical science had seen before. In the foyer of A&E, they lifted her like cloth sacking, triaged her. No, she hadn't fallen or vomited. Her temperature was pushing fever point. That was the most they could say. "'Do we have her notes?' the nurse wanted to know. "'But these are from geriatrics,' she kept shouting. "'And does anyone hear ticking?' "'What I heard when I pressed my ear to Anna's heart "'was a rage of memories, the shudder of years collapsing in. "'I took her hand and kissed the tiny adolescent pearls of her nails.' "'Hey!' Anna said, voice soft as fur, and cartwheeled to the nurse's station. There were rumours. The specialist in experimental diagnostics warned of isolated cases like Anna's, usually in remote areas, the places time forgot, and then remembered, overcompensating. "'Cases of what?' That was all I wanted to know, watching the hours flood through her lightning fast. Was it catching? Was it curable? Can we get this place quarantined? the specialist said, staring out at the famous view that tourists flew for a whole day to come see. I took Anna's hand, kissed her, let whatever it was, enter me too. And when she cried, I picked her up, rocked her, tickled her bare feet, while the nurses took blood, swabs, measuring the amount of time she had left. Something to do with the clock was the theory, leaking out with every chime, every tick, every new moment. The fallout seeping into the Thames, pulsing up-tide into estuaries, out to sea. To everyone. A pandemic, sighed the specialist, falsely stoic. I pressed myself to Anna's sweet baby smell, started the countdown, listened for the quiet stroke of the remaining hours in her chest. Palladium by Maura Dooley She knew it was not a ring. The box was the wrong shape, longer, oblong. And it would all have been too soon, leave or no leave. But the curving band of gold, 
the detailed glitter the way it lay against the satin. It makes my heart spin, she said. Like the rings of satin, he was smiling. Except they're made of dust. And he pinned it to her lapel. She took in every line of his face. Nearly fifty nights of darkness and certainty. Nearly fifty mornings of debris and certainty. The bus was slow in the blackout, but Ballum Palladium could just be glimpsed now from the top deck. All this and heaven too. The eight o'clock showing. His arm encircled her as they moved towards the stairs. The glass glittering, the metal curving, the low hum of the plane. Nearly fifty days of it had blunted their fear, and they walked slowly to the entrance of the underground. After the blast, why was it she could remember every intricate line of that brooch, but nothing at all of his face? Covent Garden Tenor of Love by Jennifer Ray When Giuseppe first sang to Elisabetta, her enchanting hazel eyes beguiled him. His heart beat in triple time. Don't fall in love with your co-star, he thought. Her singing shimmered with emotion. But off stage, Elisabetta froze him out. Other cast members shared champagne in her dressing room, bedecked with camellias delivered under her super diva contract. Giuseppe longed for a single smile. You're an East End Italian, mate, his brother Claudio said. She's looking down her nose at you. Claudio custom-built radio-controlled sound systems, but was tone-deaf. Couldn't judge Elisabetta's genius. However haughty, Giuseppe thought, Elisabetta's nose was exquisite. Audiences worshipped her. He felt reverence in the silences before she sang. She adored the adoration, smiling, her arms reaching out, embracing her public. The evening began normally. Giuseppe sang of sorrow at losing his love. Elisabetta breathed in, poised to sing her death aria. In the expectant hush, a ringtone blasted out, the East Enders theme. Faces turned towards an empty box near the stage. Nobody moved. The ringtone increased, becoming louder, shriller. Bowing to Elisabetta, who had tears in her magnificent eyes, Giuseppe ran through doors, around corners, upstairs. Approaching the box, the ringtones were siren loud. Two staff members inside, surrounded by sound, looked bewildered. Giuseppe pulled an iPhone from under a seat, raised it aloft to ensure everyone saw him silence it. Back on stage, he knelt, and with a single twist, destroyed the iPhone, scattering pieces before Elisabetta, kissing her hand. She smiled brilliantly, and finally sang. Even as she lay after dying, her lips curved towards Giuseppe. Claudio was in row three. Booking the box at short notice had been tough. Giuseppe hoped no one would check it before Claudio could remove the miniature radio-controlled sound emitter he'd concealed there earlier, 
when he hid the pre-broken iPhone. Temple The Amaranthine Moment by Mark Allen The slender iron columns, resolute in their purpose, curved off towards the tunnel, their rigid equidistance punctuated by people milling, reading, their toes awkwardly kicking the shiny painted paving stones of the platform, in anticipation of the train's imminent arrival. The woman was there again. Her tall and purposeful gait was as slim and strong in appearance as the column itself. I stared at her surreptitiously. Her haircut was austere, her face hard and chiselled, determined and striking, her lipstick as red as the cabochons above the blood gutter of the sword-shaped brooch on her long, tailored coat. She was aware of me. She always was. All-seeing, never-aging, triumphant and unfazed, her presence a constant reminder of my failure all those centuries ago. Now she was a powerful barrister, unassailable and untouchable in the legal hierarchy of the temple. Me? Just a humble clerk to the court. As I stared, I remembered the crisp-cut effigy of my master eight hundred years ago, now worn and chipped, the colour stripped from the arms on his shield, his identity lost to history. The gradual degradation of his stone image reduced to a flick-book in my head, thirty generations to a mere mortal distilled into an arduous amaranthine moment. So easy for her to stand over him and gloat. The perpetuity of my presence no longer seemed relevant, and as the train arrived and the doors slid open, they seemed subservient to her will, just as I had become. She turned. Her eyes narrowed, and I could not move. Like my master's effigy, I was worn by age and tired of life. She had murdered him, and my sufferance had been interminable. I had no desire to stare at her any more. My Last Rolo by James Brinsford Would you like my last Rolo? I hold it in the palm of my hand, lying in state in its foil wrapper. 
She turns towards me and wipes away the strands of hair that are stuck to the tear trails on her cheeks. I know it's an old cliché. You just look like you could do with it. I smile as I proffer it again, but this doesn't tempt her and she turns away. Right around now, so her back becomes my view. My smile has a habit of taking on a state of leering, which has betrayed me before when attempting to be friendly. You don't have to eat it now. I just thought, you know... My sentence peters out in the wind that rushes through, taking my words up towards the exit. It's my mother. She died a year ago today. Her voice only just managed the journey to my ears. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realise, didn't know. I wasn't really sure what to say. I felt a bit embarrassed that I'd left the Rolo hanging out there for so long. It's why I'm wearing this acorn brooch. It's all I have left of her now. Her eyes, red and swollen, looked down at her lapel. She was murdered. Her voice struggles with the words. She was trying to protect my abusive father. Why did she do that? I shift awkwardly. This wasn't my expectation when making my Rolo offering. She retches, her hands covering her mouth. It was my fault, but they're reopening really the investigation. The police. I don't know what to do. She shouldn't have been there. I thought she'd gone out. I should have checked before lighting the petrol. It was only meant to have got him. Kilburn. The Love That Never Was by Matthew W. Huggins I am watching, surreptitiously. Who are you wearing the wilted leaves? The shamrock captures me first, as your eyes reflect the green clovers and sparkle as if in sync. With what? Diamonds? No, too rich. Crystals, perhaps. Etched into the three-lobed leaves, as you are now into my heart. <laughs> Calmed by your eyes, reflecting the innocence and freshness of an Irish landscape. Us laying, beautified languor, lips uniting with a kiss, our first... Then you leave. I am bereft. Your brooch falls, doors beep, me on the platform, holding the only bit of you I have. Kilburn is not my home. Sadness takes hold that this is not our home. I search left and right, ready to race after you with the lucky shamrock, yet... Where are you? Escalator crammed. You nearing the top. I think of calling, My love, wait, wait for me. But that would be crazy. I scramble up the left, crash through people, selfishly blocking the path to our happiness. I'm too far behind. Wait, I shout. Your brooch! Almost screaming. This is the story we will tell our children. How we began. Daddy chasing a woman he had never met. His unbelievable luck. Inconceivable to meet the one this way. Kilburn will now be our home. This world, our world, this brooch, a symbol of our luck. I leap over the barrier, believing you are waiting outside, that you had dropped it on purpose, because you know, you know, through those glances that I love you. 
We are about to start a life as one. You are not there. Lost. Forever. I stand listlessly with our brooch. It's luck now... spent. You've been listening to a Tube Flash production, Lift Out of Order. Read by Keith Morris, Mena Bonsells, Richard Hodder, Tim Heffer and Tom Blythe. If you enjoyed this download, why not visit the Tube Flash website, www.tubeflash.co.uk, where you'll find more underground tales to download and keep forever entirely free by following the iTunes link. <laughs>